Thrill me. Welcome to And Why Not, the movie podcast from the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine, and each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love, and see where the conversation takes us from there. For this episode, I'm joined by Omen to That host, and the other half of Art 9-2, Damien Edwardson, to complete our Fred Decker double bill, and discuss the, his 1986 directorial debut, Night of the Creeps. Whether you're a regular listener or you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoyed the film talk, and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the Am Why Not Facebook group, or if you see this episode posted. Uh, a quick note in advance, I usually spread the clips from the film out throughout the episode, but three of them are quite close together, based on where we discussed them in the conversation. Um, it's not a major thing, but I just wanted to give you a heads up in advance. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer. Finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you. Get in through your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. <coughs> night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Hello, Damien. How are you? I'm all right. You didn't do your fancy hello. Well, I do that at the beginning. That's a separate right. to record. Hello. That one. That one. That was me, listeners. <laughs> See, I'm going to be really the... conscious of that. Hello, now. I'm going to be the next Bobby Davro. This one's not going to open. We just go, all right. I mean, is Bobby Davro still about? I think so. Is he? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, probably is, isn't he? Oh, well. Never mind. I'll, I think... I'll wait till he's kiffed it and then I'll be the next Bobby Davro. Well, not sure Bobby Davro wants to be the next Bobby Davro anymore, does he? What is I he even doing? Think... He was fucking huge once upon a time, wasn't he? Do you remember? He was. He was. He was enormous. He was eight foot tall at one point. But uh, yeah, it's like Lenny Bennett. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lenny Bennett was another one. Never understood what Lenny Bennett was famous for, other than being Lenny Bennett and a mate of um, who's that guy? Jimmy Talbot. You see, you know, the yeah, the the Skowskis, and he was about as funny as Cramp. Yeah, anyway, welcome to the the 70s special on the comedians. (laughs) (laughs) My mother in law. You're right, cow. <laughs> Actually, it's a true story, to be fair. Crap, you used to be able to buy that shit on fucking DVD. 
No. Like best uh, of the comedians. Fucking it's depressing enough out there as it is. But I'm well. Thank you. Good. And it's great great to be back. I'm, yes. I'm in a good mood today. Um so yes. I'm in one of those rare rare equinox moods where I'm I'm actually quite happy. Good. Uh, and part of it is talking to your good self, obviously. Because uh, I always enjoy talking to you, and part of it's because we—it made me watch a film I've not seen, probably for the best part of, oh god, thirty years maybe. Awesome, mad. I said I hadn't seen it. I'd seen it as a child, but I hadn't seen it properly until it was on the Horror Channel earlier this year, and then right. yeah, like I say, I rebought it on Blu-ray to do this tonight, but. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you haven't been on since Beverly Hills Cop in the uh, Summer of Action and, oh, Since we, then, they've... Uh, screwed the pooch on that one, haven't we? They've uh, announced the uh, Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley, which oh, if no the way. set photo is to be believed, Jeffrey's back. Um, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, Judd, uh, Judd Reinhold and... I've got them. Taggart and Rosewood yeah. are back. Yeah. Do we need it, though? Well, we answered. It was like that, a little unfinished we? business from the last. It's, <laughs> it's a resounding no, I think, but we'll see. It's one of those uh, things that had failed to get off the ground so many times that I genuinely thought we were safe. I mean, like I say, I remain optimistic that it might be good, but I put it in the camp of Indiana Jones Five, which yeah, half of me is absolutely giddy as a kipper. The other half of me just wishes it didn't exist, and. I... I'm hoping it kind of, if it falls in the middle, I'll, I'll be be all right. But yeah, it's one of those films that Beverly Hills Cop, like we spoke about, that you think the first one is so good that they kind of progressively went downhill. Well, they went quite sharply downhill, I think, to be fair. It's, it's the lame excuses to keep getting him back to Beverly Hills. Yeah. Plus, he's no longer a fish out of water once he's been there more than once. Yeah. But you never know. It, it might be one of those great reboots that, you watch it and go, do you know what? That was actually really good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Might be Ghostbusters Afterlife instead of oh. Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Which I've still never been able to get all the way through. It's, it's fine. It just doesn't need to exist. It adds nothing. It's just... Anyway, yeah, not getting into that. No. Um, no. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm with you on the Indiana Jones thing, but then I've always felt that Indiana Jones belongs in the 30s, 40s at a push. Taking yeah. beyond that, and it's just... He's too out of time. Yeah. Well, but we well. shall see. We shall see. Anyway. We shall indeed, sir. Um, we're not talking about any of that. No, we're not. Um, we are talking about uh, Night of the Creeps. So a little bit of information on the film. Uh, written and directed by Fred Decker. Starring Yay. Jason Lively, Steve Marshall, Jill Whitlow, and Tom Atkins. Uh, released in cinemas on the 22nd of August 1986 in the US. My birthday. Hey. Um, had no UK release. The nearest I can find, or the earliest I can find, is a VHS rental release in 1988. But I'm not sure whether that was the original release or whether that was just when another label picked it up. Mm. Um, grossed $591,366 uh, worldwide on an estimated budget of $5 million, according to IMDb. And um, I couldn't find a Roger Ebert review for the film, and as seems to be the norm, and isn't overly surprising given that it didn't get a cinematic release, I couldn't find a Barry Norman review either. Um, so yeah, I've got no reviews from the time to jump off on. Uh, most of the reviews I could find seemed to be, seemed to be 
retrospective ones based on the DVD coming out or the Blu-ray coming out. Um, mm. So yeah, this, yeah, this is a. I mean, this is a, a bit like Monster Squad. Yay! A proper video shop. It is gem. It is, and that that's where I first saw it. Because obviously, as you mentioned, it it wasn't one of those rare eighties films that didn't make up um eighties cinema club for me. My mate Salty, big up to me mate Salty. <laughs> he won't be listening, obviously, but you know, um, uh, yeah. So I, I remember renting this on video, and it would have been ooh, probably late late 80s or around 90 something like that there's a video shop that was kind of on the way home from school and used to pass it and used to pop down there and get some stuff and i remember seeing it in there and i think i'd read about it in fangoria actually because they did a review of it at the time like kind of a little bit of a review and, and i remember thinking oh that looks interesting and um yeah and this was post monster squad as well which came out after this obviously yeah but i watched this after that and Really enjoyed it. I remember my mum enjoying it as well, because she always likes stuff like this. But then I've not seen it. In fact, I, I forgot, probably forgot even all about it until we, we did the Monster Squad episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, long time no see, as you say. <laughs> so um, I've, got, I've got vague memories of bits of it. From, my stepdad must have rented it from the video shops. It's the kind of film he would have rented or right. possibly watched on telly, but I'm not 100% sure on the finer details, but when I was watching the Monster Squad documentary, they showed bits of Night of the Creeps, and I was like, that looks familiar. And then it popped up on the horror channel, like I said before we started recording, or when we were recording, I can't remember when now. Uh, popped up on the horror channel earlier this year, and then I've revisited it on Blu-ray today. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, it's just such a fun fucking movie. It's, um, it's, it is, again, and it's Fred Decker doing what Fred Decker does, which is taking a premise and just having fun with it yeah um he really did have rotten luck because he's got two great films in this film and monster squad all right robocop 3 kind of put a nail in his coffin for a bit mm. um regardless of your opinion of the film it didn't do the business i mean this didn't do the business and monster squad didn't do the business either which um i think this film's possibly mismarketed to be honest watching the yeah. documentary about it as well they had weird posters that were like it looks like the poster for house which I think yeah. Fred Decker wrote. But... Yeah, but didn't it open in like 27 cinemas in the States? Yeah, or something? something like that. It's just like, you know, I mean, to be fair. And one thing I do remember about the opening when I was doing a bit of research on this, and I thought this was really cool, was that um, on the opening day, the first like 200 or whatever people that went to see it, they gave them um, anti-scream masks. And they, they, they like covered the mouths, which is quite prevalent. If you think about it today, it's quite yeah. quite relevant. Um, and it was to stop anything from entering the mouth, which <laughs> is a, is a great kind of William Castle, yeah, you know, movie gimmick thing. You know, like the tingler and stuff like that. So I like that. And just on the strength of that alone, it deserved to be a bigger hit, in my opinion. Yeah, but um, it's a great film, and it's one of those films that is, in some aspects. You know, you you kind of get like, okay, enough's enough with that now. There's a particular line that gets repeated quite a lot, which is funny at the first, and then halfway through, you're like, oh, for God's sake. Um, and there's other aspects like the, where he, he quite literally name drops 
every kind of horror cult director he could yeah. think of as the character, <laughs> which is funny. But then after a while, you're kind of thinking, oh, God. But now when you see it done, it kind of winds me up even more because everybody does it now. Yeah. Everybody calls everything like, you know, the Craven Hardware Store or, you know, the, the Romero Sandwich Bar and the, you know, That's it. You've got Toby Romero, Hooper, Hooper. Hooper, yeah, Cameron, you know, Raimi. Um, There's even a barber in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's proper hardcore. It's brilliant. But again, I think I think this is one of the first times I'd, I'd seen that done so openly. And yeah. again, part of it, I think, was deliberately kind of over the top. And I think it was really hammering home that people do this in films. You know, it's a very kind of, um, to some degrees, it's a bit of a meta film because it, it knows it's a B-movie film and a pastiche of a B-movie film, and it refers to itself as such. And it's just a great film. I just, I think Fred Decker, I think you're right. I think completely underrated, underrated yeah. guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he sort of had a brief comeback as a writer because he co-wrote The Predator with Shane Black, didn't he? Black and Decker? Which, which yeah, also possibly wasn't <laughs> going to reignite his career given how well received that film was as well. He just seems to have rotten luck, doesn't he? He does. Um, it does. This is well, one then, of those um, films that I could imagine getting passed around the playground kind of thing. Because you've got yeah. teen-friendly horror, you've got soapy boobies, um, you've got the teaser boobies that finally pays off in the final shot. Not not to be sexist, but, you know, that's very much what that film was marketed towards. <laughs> it's like yeah. most 80s horror films, wasn't it? The unnecessary top of a shot of a girl changing or showering up or... Gotta be boobies. Just walking down the, the hallway in lingerie. Actually. Yeah, I think Equity stated that every film in the 80s that was um a horror film had to have a unnecessary booby shot yeah um that's just they don't shoot us you know what i mean that's just the law that's the way it works or a so. shot of a guy's ass if it's that's true or maimed the other way it but yeah. has full-on ass shots in it that's why i love it there you go <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not even gonna say anything <laughs> about that even though it's a bit about an open goal I'm just going to be very well because I respect your love of Footloose and therefore um, I will leave that where it is. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it, if you, you know, if you were to stick this in your top loader and press play, well, hammer the play button until it played, this is again, a bit like Monster Squad, a bit like Beverly Hills Cop. It's one of those films that it it is so 80s. Yeah. Everything about it is so 80s that it, it just immediately transports you back to a better time, which, granted, wasn't a better time probably in the world, if you think about when it was done. But it's just a more, for us particularly of a certain age, it was, it was a more innocent time, it was a more fun time, you know. And films like this could exist without, you know, there being a right furore and drama. It's got um, that lovely 50s sci-fi b-movie feel to it as well it which, does which again it's you know 80s and 50s sort of mashed together it's got a lovely 50s-esque sci-fi score that opens the film then you've got those aliens that look like dicks that have grown arms and legs the opening alien bit yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant um in fact i've just got some notes because the guy I, the one things i do love is the the credits like you know the opening titles yeah. and the design of them and that guy was called Ernie Farino, who did those those logos and the credits. And 
it was based on the famous monster logo, you know, for the magazine. Yeah. And he did the Terminator credits as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. There you go. But it's just everything about it. You're right. It's got like 80s start to it. Um, I, I know Fred Decker wanted to shoot the whole thing in black and white originally. He didn't did, he? yeah. They yeah, because it's, it's quite, I can imagine being quite discombobulating because you go from the aliens in colour to the wonderful yeah. 50s black and white bit, which is done perfectly. Yeah. It, it feels 50s. It I does. was going to have um, Smoke Gets In Your Eyes playing when the call connected, but I forgot to do it. Ah. <laughs> Man, well, you wouldn't let me in anyway. The password wouldn't work, so that's because that I'm still getting used to Zoom, and I didn't realize if you set up multiple meetings, it changes but... passwords for all of them. Um, I love the line of the when he goes off to investigate the thing that's crashed that turns out to be the thing that had the creepers. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Come back, I'm feeling lonely. Let's go back to the thing. I'll even let you fondle my breast." Uh, yeah. Well, to be fair, you know, um, but he went off looking for alien. Well, and there you go in it. You know, he got what he deserved. He as did. I'm concerned, he had an offer there, and he turned it down. And and what happened? He ends up with a slug in his gob. So you well, know. we've we've all been there. Well, to, to be fair, yeah, that's, that's why you shouldn't. I mean, to be fair, if you go down the parks of Wigan, there's a good chance you end up with with something in your gob. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but and and then that poor poor young damsel gets hacked to pieces by the you know the guy from the. Uh, the, the sort of mental asylum that's escaped. I mean, it's perfect 50s. Like, it's a perfect, it's like a mini little B movie right there. And then, it, you know, it's brilliantly done. It's brilliant. And it sets um, up the tone for the rest of the film. It reminds you what 50s B movies were like. Because, like I say, it plays up the cheesiness of it all perfectly and the corniness of it all as well. Down to the yeah. And then that tone runs through even in the what was then present day. So 1986, 85, 86, yeah. 86 is setting, isn't it? Um, that's right yeah and then yeah so you you know what you're getting into from there and you know she had like gone off with him instead of the cop that she was dating there you go and but that the, cop it, grew up to be tom atkins so he did the great tom atkins i might add i think is i think he said this is his favorite this, role. yeah his favorite of the films he's done you know. and he has the um, best introduction sat in a white suit on a beach with shades on Again, we've all, done, we've all been there, haven't we? You know. I mean, uh, I wish I could look cool in a white suit on a beach in shades, but I couldn't look Tom yeah. Atkins cool. It's Nobody such a genius way to introduce cool. him, and then you get the flashback to him as he is yeah. in 86, but in the 50s of the cop shooting the uh, zombie psycho. Then to him waking up in his chair, and his fantastic catchphrase of thrill me. Brilliant. It is L- brilliant. I love that, and I love the fact that whenever everybody says Detective Cameron with a question mark on the end, he's like, no, and then insert car- uh, cartoon character. Or Winkle the Moose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, just to go back a step, though, I would say to anyone, if you do watch this, and you should, because, again, Stuart and I don't lie to you much, but we are saying this is a good, fun film. And don't be put off by the opening <laughs> um, bare-ass uh, aliens running around, yeah. Um, who have no genitals, as H pointed out quite quickly. That's because um, their head is literally a fucking bell end. It is, to be fair, it is. I thought we'd we'd switched on the Tory Party conference at first. I got confused. <laughs> hey, come on, um, the aliens aren't that bad looking. Well, there weren't enough dicks, so I knew it wasn't. Um, but yeah, so don't be put off by that. It's all part of the fun. Um, 
and it does it does set that whole juxtaposition of like that weird sci-fi 50s sci-fi black and white b movie classic 80s horror slasher thing and i, I was actually quite surprised you you picked this cuz i know you don't really like gory films Stuart, that much you're not um you're not a big gore hound or something I'm, I'm not a gore guy it's not particularly i'm it's cheesy gore rather than yeah gross gore to be fair yeah so the head sort of splitting and the worms coming out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's almost funny. <laughs> like I say, that picture I sent you. I mean, we'll get to it later with the bus driver. <laughs> My favourite is the uh, the dog as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the obviously dog. fake dog. <laughs> Not well, even moving in the road. I wouldn't go that far. Um, I think you've been it is, but it's great. It's like the cat but, puppet. Uh, the cat puppet's fucking ace as well when he's got no face. It is very good, actually. But, it is really good. Um, yeah, so then we set up our heroes, uh, JC and Chris. <coughs> Excuse me, just choking there. It's all right. Yes. One of them slugs got in your mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, so our heroes, JC and Chris, and there. I love the way JC fucking. Is that mate everybody had that you like? I like that girl over there, but I don't know how to talk to her. He's just like, fuck it, I'm going in for you. AC is brilliant on so many levels, isn't he? Um, yeah. Like, first, these characters called James Carpenter Hooper. Yeah. Ding, ding. Win there. I mean, ding if the James is James Cameron as well. I know we've got yeah. a Cameron surname in Detective Ray Cameron, but. Exactly, yeah. Uh, sorry, James Carpenter Cooper. Sorry. Carpenter Cooper, yeah. Yeah. Um, but. And he's, he's, you know, a, a guy with, I don't know what, it doesn't actually say what his, his kind of disability is, but he's a, he's a main character who has a disability, which isn't a thing in the film at all, other than one of the jocks kind of kick his crutches away. But it's so good that, you know, and I remember Fred Decker being asked about that, saying, oh, you know, why did you have a, a guy with a disability? And he just went, because, like, why not? Yeah, it's just as he a disability and not talk about yeah. it. Then. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But he's he's good as well. He's a good yeah. actor and he's 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 great. And he's a great foil to um Jason Lively, you know, who yeah. you know known to some of us um National Lampoon connoisseurs as Rusty he's Two. The second Rusty Griswold, yeah. From European vacation, yeah. The second of four. Um and yeah, they, they work really well together. They really spark, you know, but he's, he's a good character. In fact, they're all good characters, even the really annoying ones like Brad and those yeah. kind of assholes. They're all good characters. They're all, oh, they, you know, they play their parts perfectly. Like, I've got a note later on that Frat Boy's going to frat. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, again, this is Fred Decker, though, because he did exactly the same thing in Monster Squad, where we were talking about it being the anti Goonies, where, you know, the when I watch the Goonies, I just want to reach in and slap all of them and with the monster squad they're just completely the opposite where you just like every single one of them they're all great you know um and i think that's a that's another fred decker thing i think he he, met, he got the best out of people yeah. playing these what could be really really irritating annoying characters and yeah. he either wrote them the way that they weren't or he directed them the way that they weren't or he just coached them into acting the way they were but either way they're all really watchable, you know. That's it, because none of them particularly went on to do anything massive. I mean, obviously, Tom Atkins popped up in a couple of biggish films, Lethal Weapon and the like, because they're good in this film. They're really good. Yeah. And you could have easily seen them. 
I mean, I suppose it doesn't help that Night of the Creeps didn't do much, and that they weren't already, with the exception of Rusty Griswold, potentially that established. I mean, they've mm. carved out nice little careers for themselves. They all seem perfectly happy in that reunion documentary thing, but but yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it's a shame because they're really good in this. Um, I love the Frank Wister. I love the even the time David Paymer's fucking great as the morgue guy. Yeah, where he like punches in his code, forgets the one number, but then remembers it, and then can't remember the last digit, so goes yeah. off all the way up, makes the phone call, gets his roommate fucking Rudy. That. They're all great. Like, I mean, get my notebook. He's like, yeah, oh, no, no, I, not the blue notebook. <laughs> yeah, and it's like um, Vic Polizos, you know, the coroner who's always yeah. eating. He's like, he's over there, <laughs> boys eating a sandwich, and, and it's just he's coming out like, on like somebody on a gurney, and he's eating eating a burger or something. It's just, it's just stupid things like that, but it just makes you laugh. It's just, just brilliant, brilliant stuff observed from films when you know. You you had that you know it was just it's just the thing that people did that was so bizarre. What's but it? Nobody, I, I, nobody thought it was bizarre at the time, you know. I say if you've never seen this film before and you're watching it and you get to the point where JC just punches in the zero and it opens up the door. Yeah. If if you're not willing to go along with that, just don't bother watching the rest because that perfectly sets up that fifties thing of it doesn't matter how the body and the creeps get loose. That's not important. That's not what we exactly. came here for. We don't need a nope. convoluted thing. It's nope. explained just enough that you can... Because, I mean, anybody who's ever had to punch in a code knows you've got about five seconds and you have to do it all again anyway. Fuck, if you spend that long trying to put your pin in, it goes apeshit out of you. Back when people used cash machines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the fact he's got um... time to go upstairs, <laughs> make a phone call, get the guy on the phone to go and get the other notebook. But things are different back then. Computers were less intelligent. Like I say, it's completely ridiculous, but it's meant to be. The film knows how stupid it is. It doesn't matter. That's like I say, it's just a thing to get the plot going. And that's the plot going. You know, um, (laughs) it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get into the plot more, but it's a great film. I I really, I mean, it's it's not really a plot film, is it? It's no (laughs) parasites get inside you, feed on your brain, and it's a half hour, like. TV kind of episode, isn't it? Which was what is it, eighty-eight minutes or something? Yeah, pretty much. But it yeah. doesn't feel. But because the pace again, this is another strength of, of um, Fred Decker is a bit like Monster Squad. The pace that he directs everything at is so quick that it flies by. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of scenes. You know, like the frat party when it's pledge week and they're in that um, <clears throat> they're in that kind of party and there's there's the bar with the bras hanging down which yeah. is always a sign of a good party i've got to be honest in my humble experience um and again there's a bit of to and fro in there and, and a bit of silliness but it, it just whizzes by the whole thing just whizzes by yeah and jill whitlow is brilliant in it you know she's just really really good in it and you know culminates in in you know her in a prom dress with a flamethrower what more do you want in a film that I mean, little smile she gives after she flame throws the creep that's come through the shed to grab yeah, uh, Chris. Yeah. Just that sort of, I can't believe I did that. And then just the grin on her face. If that doesn't, you know, make you enjoy it, I don't know what does. You you, you don't deserve the film if you don't exactly. enjoy that. Like don't say, deserve it's, it. it's wonderfully fucking stupid and it knows it's stupid and it yeah. doesn't care. Like I say, it could have been really fucking pretentious with 
setting yeah. it up. It's like don't give. It sets up the characters we need pretty much straight away. Sets up all the pieces are in play by the time we're introduced to uh, Tom Atkins. I love the way he does. He plays that cliched hard, hard nosed cop. Yeah, perfectly. But he plays it. It's a bit like Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. He plays it so straight that it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, the way he's berating people. It's like you know, you told me there were two bodies. There's one. Okay. Yeah, he grabs the guy's fingers. He's like, look, it's easy. One, two, two. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it the is whole thing game. about it's my fault. I sent out rookies, and they both ended up going to the John at the same time. Uh, I know, I know. And again, it's <laughs> it's that fine line in between where he's an obnoxious asshole, um, but because he's surrounded by buffoons, you know, it's it's a bit like a a, a scene in Police Squad, you know, where yeah. there's just so many stupid people around that you kind of forgive somebody for being a bit of a dick. He's like, oh, I don't blame him. You know, I'd be going one, two, two. Do you understand? You know, it, we'd all be doing that. And it's like, you know, so you you met the janitor and you took a statement and the kind of, you know, the two cops look at each other. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like just basics in it. And it's the kind of stuff we all do in work where some people just can't even do the fucking basics. And oh, we, like, we've all had to train give somebody me just not getting it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not is... talking about losing your rag on the first time of showing somebody how to do it. The person you've shown for like the twentieth time, and they're just like, I'm yeah. still not getting it. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. So just just so that people are following, so basically the um, the guy from the B movie segment who disappears in the woods while his girlfriend gets chopped to bits by the axe um, ends up being found in a cryogenic lab i suppose is the way you describe it isn't it it's just in a big an incredibly unguarded cryogenics lab <laughs> incredibly unguarded um cryogenics lab with his little tighty whities on which is i least, love that there's you know... a big red override button yeah i know yeah well to be fair though i think you know if i was to set up to the cryogenics lab i'd have a big override button like that just in case i forgot which of the thousands of buttons flashing at me i needed to do you need a five digit um, pin but then you've got a massive override button which... yeah and i don't <laughs> even know what override like really meant because you think it would be like anti-freeze or defreeze or something over what you're overriding you know what i mean i don't know anyway so they bang that out he comes Flops out in his tighty whities They think he's dead because they've been tasked with, as part of this pledge week, um, they've been tasked with with smuggling out a dead body from a morgue and burying it somewhere. They've they? got to dump okay. it on the doorstep of That's the it. house, haven't they? Yeah. And so they think, oh, we'll take this one. Um, I'm saying he's been frozen a lot of time. He's quite floppy when yeah. he falls out, I noticed. Like, you know, they were tight underpants, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and then he, he suddenly kind of springs to life and they just they just absolutely bail out of there like you would do, you know. And that kind of sets you right. That sets the whole scene of, you know, how the creeps, which have obviously been held within this guy, escape. And um, we're off. We're off to the races, as they say, proverbially. We, yeah. we quite literally are then just speeding downhill to... Uh, all these slugs racing around and shit, you know, it's great, great setup. No dicking about, like you say, just enough exposition that you kind of know what's going on. And, and then from there, it just goes completely batshit. With, yeah. You know, slugs in mouths. That's it. Quite a lot of slugs in mouths. It's... Um, 
More slugs in mouths than Caligula, if I remember <laughs> rightly. <laughs> Not until perhaps there. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that with Caligula. It's like the main actors would go home and then they bring in porn stars to just pad yeah. it out with sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm yeah. McDowell would sit down and watch the film and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I know. Um, I, I love the bit where they're um, he's interviewing the two of them and they've got the janitor, uh, Mr. Milner in the corner, Mr. Miner in the oh. corner. Well, well, well. If it isn't Spanky and Alfalfa. Either of you guys recognize Mr. Miner here? Well, he recognizes you. Seems Mr. Miner here is the night janitor down at the University Med Center. Says he saw you guys running out of there last night. 40 miles an hour. Screaming like banshees. Care to comment? Okay. Seems we also found a headless body out in front of the Kappa Delta house last night. A body that came from a lab in the basement of the very medical center that Mr. Miner saw you running out of at 40 miles an hour. Don't forget, screaming like banshees. Sounds like a pledge prank to me. A sick, twisted, psychotic, demented, deranged pledge prank, but still possibly, just possibly, in the ballpark of what you might call your collegiate tomfoolery. You guys care to comment? Captain. Detective. I, I mean, we're not your fraternity types. I, I personally would rather have my brains invaded by creatures from space than pledge a fraternity. He's lying, we did it. The Betas. Ah, the Betas. Betas, well, that explains everything. The Betas told us to find a body and dump it on the steps of another fraternity. Well, we got into the lab and, and we got the body out of this... out of this thing. And then we chickened out and ran away. At 40 miles an hour. Screaming like banshees? Screaming like banshees. He's such a great character. He's got that one repeated line of screaming like banshees. I love the fact that later at work, it's still making him laugh. Yeah. Well, again, we've all done it, haven't we? <laughs> you know, where somebody said something like daft and you just, just start, you sit there giggling about it like two days later. I was like, what are you laughing at? The can't tell you. Because I just look like a nutter. So, um, but yeah, he's a great character. And I, that I whole love just scene... before it as well when David Paymer's dead body gets up and walks out and as he walks past that guard he's got all blood dripping down him he's butt naked and the guard's just like see you tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah and again it's it's those tropes though isn't it those yeah. tropes that you always saw where people would would miss the opportunity to stop something from happening and um and it's just little things like you know <laughs> so you he brings in um kind of chris and jc um for questioning so this is detective Cameron and he has the janitor sat there and he's next to them and he's like smoking his back going and he saw you running it's like it's about witness protection you know what I mean it's like I mean, it's just so daft it's brilliantly done um, screaming like banshees screaming like banshees yeah which is fantastic just don't do an impression of the screaming like banshees no, no I'm not going to I nearly then we will be in trouble um, um, but yeah yeah um the, the death of Mr. Minor, the janitor, I thought was one of the three kind of harsh deaths in this. 
just because he was such a fun character he didn't deserve it there's two yeah. others that we'll get to later we will one, we will one in a minute but um but yeah i then you get the dead cat puppet which does just look like something from like a monty python sketch or something it's great because it doesn't need to be like this perfect animatronic thing it looks a yeah. bit like you, you're probably aged out of it but the puppet cat from sabrina the teenage witch <laughs> right the old tv series was just like yeah. a rubber cat puppet it, it looks right. like that but it works perfectly for it um it, it reminded me of pet cemetery a bit yeah um the cat in that always looks a bit dodgy you know i'm not talking about the, the ridiculous remake i'm talking about the I, great still not seen the remake original um but yeah there's something about fucked up pets that always kind of make you go a bit like hmm? you know um but yeah that cat's that cat's pretty pretty messed up in it yeah cat, to be fair it's this you know it's not in a good way that's going to cost you down the vets that's it poor karen she loved that cat she did love that cat yeah um, um too much that's it then yeah. well then we sort of get on to the the second very harsh death which wonderful scene um, and it's got a nice Go Monster Squad reference in the background. It does. It does. Of, of yeah. JC trapped in the toilets. With, with the, the janitors come in, he's fucking collapsed, his head's blown open, and all the creepers have come out. Or creeps have come out, rather. Racing and across the floor. He's, he's trapped in the toilet. Which, you know, they kind of waste no time killing JC off, given that he's the comet relief. But I suppose he, he serves no purpose beyond that, does he? In a, in a harsh storytelling no. kind of way. No, and you can think... And he, he um, arguably, he, he's the MVP of the film because it's his message that tells him how to defeat him. That's the which, way. Which we'll get yeah. to in a bit. But Yeah, it, it, he, is the, he is the kind of like one of the, the main heroes of the film. And, and it is quite a, a sad thing that they kill him because you do kind of think, is this going to be a bit like a, you know, a bit like a vamp yeah. scenario where maybe he doesn't quite, die and and stuff but no no they kill him to be fair <laughs> they don't you know they find him sacrificing himself at the end to, to prove a point and he leaves he leaves obviously that, that how recording. fucking heartbreaking is that recording <clears throat> yeah i read about did you read about the recording character. of that um what he did what what they did to get that kind of emotion when he records it did, mm-hmm. did you ever read that stuff no i don't think i did oh it's pretty harsh this so they basically had the kids sat there doing like recording. So essentially what happens is um, JC gets infected, but he's the only one that's been infected that doesn't then just suddenly become like a brain like dead a zombie. zombie. Yeah. He's still got enough about him because he's, a, he's a, obviously a very intelligent guy that he can make a recording to Chris to try and tell him how he can possibly save the day. So Chris turns back up at his, his room, he shares with him and there's this old tape kind of dictaphone thing there saying play me and he plays it and it's a heartbreaking message but when they recorded that apparently they surrounded him um with like pictures of different atrocities of history you know to get him into that that really upset kind of mood um you know so we're talking things like from from world war ii and stuff like that and they just had these pictures around him that they asked him to just sit and look at as he's reading the lines and and yeah, and and apparently that's why it sounds as as upset as he did because he was just thinking about all this bad shit that goes on and went on. 
So, and it comes across, but when, yeah, when he says there's one inside of me, I can feel it in my brain. I don't have oh. a heartbeat. I haven't got a pulse. Yeah. That's like, I mean, it, it's almost takes you right out of the film. It's so fucking well done. It is. It's, it's really well done. Really well done. And yeah, it's, it's a very sad scene, actually. But you still have that little glimmer of hope that I'm going down to the the um the furnace now, and you know, and he's you know, Chris goes after him to try and like maybe save him yeah, or whatever. You, you kind of oh, he's gonna that... he's gonna catch him and maybe save him and do something, and and he doesn't. Well, so the, without spoiling the, the it, JC, JC managed again. I, I'm assuming people have watched it if they're listening, but yeah, um, you, you kind of hope that JC's managed to get down there and the heat's driven out of his body, and they found mm. a way to. Sort of, you know, save yourself yeah. kind of thing. <clears throat> but fortunately, late, you know, just before we got to see soapy boobs in a montage. So we did see soapy boobs it, in a it montage. It was like we were right up there and then straight back down again. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love um, that the Den Mother's watching Plan 9 from Outer Space as well. Again, just I, to set up the tone of what you're in. And the, the obviously the crashing through the floorboards yeah. um, of the old axe murder that's become reanimated. Reanimator, another great film. Reanimated by the slugs, which again gave me shades of the Evil Dead, where they come through the floorboards. Yeah. Um, so many like you know horror references in this film, not just the direct things, but just so many little touches of horror references. Um, it's just it's just a real homage to yeah. all those really bad slasher flicks or really great slasher flicks, depending which way you look at them. Um. And and yeah, and, and it do you're right, we do go from, you know, soapy boobs, very sad scene, to suicidal detective, you know. So <laughs> I, I do I do love that uh Cameron uh, constantly calls Chris Spanky. He is spanky, yeah. And what's, what's the other one? He's just had his moment with the girl. Alfalfa. Yeah. Yeah. He's, but, um... he's just had his moment with uh uh Cynthia. Cynthia? Yeah. Yeah. That's her name, isn't it? Yeah, I'm having Yeah, because foolishly in my notes here, I've written Jill Whitlow played Jill Whitlow. 
fucking Cynthia Cronenberg. Yeah, that's it. Was. Yeah. Yeah, he's just had that moment and then he turns around and Cameron's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's just good fun. It's just good fun. But yeah, so poor, poor, poor Detective Cameron, who has finally killed the axe murderer because he gets they get called out um because basically the axe murderer that he he that murdered his girlfriend in the fifties flashback. Um, he tells a story about how he, he tracked him down. Did you go alone? No, I went with my 12 gauge. He finds the axe murderer, he shoots him, he kills him, he buries him under a vacant lot, which now they build the dead mother's of, cottage. The mother's cottage on, which is where when the the creeps go under and infest the body, that's why he breaks through and then axes the den mother to pieces. Because they bury him with his uh, his axe. Because you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know. Um, and then, of course... Well, I suppose he just thought he was getting rid of a body, so you tend to chuck all the incriminating evidence in with the body, don't you? You speak it's... with great certainty, though, Stuart. It's I wouldn't stand... know. It's having standard CSI cop TV show. Oh, that time when H told me about, you know, making sure you get rid of the hands and head. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll sleep downstairs tonight. You spend 10 minutes with John Ottaway, you learn all this stuff. Mm. There's, there's a man who knows. Um, so, Detective Cameron, he gets the call. He goes, he recognizes it's this axe murderer. And the goal they find him. Son of a bitch. Kills him again. And then he feels as though he's actually righted the wrong once and for all. Um, and then he, he goes home and puts the gas oven on and decides he's going to. He goes end to Iron Rigs himself. He does. Until, I might say. Until. Until. Thank you, Jason. Jason. Lively, spanky Romero turns up <laughs> and then he spills his guts, not quite literally. Um, and then off they go again, you know, it's and you're off on another roller coaster to take That's us into the final kind of third of the film, isn't it? You know, we're back with the frat boys on the bus. Uh, we got, are with the frat boys on the bus. You've got the fake dog in the road, <laughs> the, the bus driver's eyes weirdly bulge as he crashes into that minivan thing or whatever it is little truck yeah yeah which i don't know why his eyes bulge because it looks like they're about to explode but just before it happens you transition into the white light of the sea the white of the sea yeah i've, I've got no idea <laughs> i paused um, that and sent you a picture of it, didn't I? His you eyes did like... you did um it's true ping pong eyes it's it's um, like you expect he's already got the worms inside him but he clearly hasn't because they're in the dog who then goes on the bus and Infects all infects of the everyone. Yeah, obviously Brad's been infected because he got dumped. He wasn't going on the bus. Yeah. So him and the dog see the uh, creep go into the hedge, and then he turns up at the house. It's um, just um, it's chaos, isn't it? It's chaos. It's there's zombies everywhere. There's slugs racing around everywhere. It's it's like you know a, a typical high street on a Saturday night. It's it's madness. There's shit everywhere. It's and uh, it's a really nice scene. I love the way that the, all the frat boy creeps smash out of the bus. It's very, it's very thriller. Yeah, thriller, Night of the Living Dead kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doing that nice slow shuffle. I like a slow shuffle on a zombie. That's it. And you got the one that's cra- just crawling on his belly across the uh, yeah. ground. He's fucking ace as well. But in the meantime. Uh, our man Tom Atkins has gone to get himself some I mean, uh, some uh, weaponry. He has, yeah. 
which is another great scene. It um, is because it's got um, uh, Dick Miller, who is brilliant in everything, isn't he? You know, yeah. he's he's brilliant in Monster Squad. He's brilliant in Gremlins. He's brilliant in everything he does. Um, always just completely over the top. Always funny. Well, I find him funny. And yeah, so they, they turn up, and because they've they've sussed now that fire is the thing you can burn these things and kill them. I just love they've got a flamethrower. Well, yeah, and the police munitions you know, bit, and I love the thing is like you know if if the flame goes out, then it, it's a bitch to restart kind of thing. He's yeah, the pilot. Oh, the pilot. You know, I just need but, your requisition um, form. He's like, I've got a requisition form. He's like, then we're gonna have a problem. He just points the gun through the cage at him. Yeah. Hi, Walt. Well, 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 Detective Ray Cameron, son of a gun, is that really you? Yeah, it's me, all right, Walt. How's about you? Hey, can't complain. Cannot complain, Raymond. Hiya, sport. That's a pretty fancy set of duds you got on there. What is it, Halloween or something, right? Did I miss something? Hey, kid, I'm only kidding. So, what can I do you for? Well, the thing is, uh, Walter, what I need is... I need your basic flamethrower. Flamethrower? <laughs> flamethrower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flamethrower? Jesus. What's the matter? The old snub nose ain't good enough for you anymore? Uh, I know. I know. Just break out the old heavy artillery, will you, Walt? Sweet shot, one BB gun and one flamethrower. There you go. Uh, by the way, you gotta watch out for this baby. Once you like the pilot, it goes out, and it plays hard to get like a son of a bitch. Thanks. So, uh, if you just let me have the requisition. Oh, well. <laughs> the thing is, uh, the thing is, Walter, I, um, I don't have a requisition form, is the thing. You don't. Well, uh, geez. To tell you the truth, Ray, that could be a little problem. Yeah. There could be a little problem. But yeah, it's amazing how they just have this flamethrower sat there. Um, maybe <laughs> like, they were what's popular gone on back in, this in the town? 80s. I know they had I an know. axe murder in the 50s, but... Uh, and another thing that, that we we did miss was um, that great, again, a great line. It's a bit like Tarantino's looking in the boot of the car kind of scene that you always get. Is with um, Detective Cameron when, you know, the they're in the cryogenics chamber and these there's two bodies and saying well one's disappeared and he's like he's been here 27 years and he said that great line of dead people don't just get up after 27 years and walk away and then he cuts to the feet shuffling on the road which is exactly the same line is in monster squad in monster squad with the mummy when it's like and the exact people. same cut <laughs> yeah and it cut and i was like i'm thinking oh that's so good that's so good you know, and it, like I say, it is that Tarantino shot in it, yeah. you know, where you always see them from the boot of the car or whatever. And I thought that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're back in the back in the saddle, as it were, now. And this is like you now you do go into kind of Night of the Living Dead territory yeah. now, where you know, so, you've got this show, slow show, slow show, show, slow shuffling zombies descending upon. The uh, the frat, well, is, is it the frat party or is the, it prom um, night or some shit? It's the sorority yeah, house yeah. of all the girls. So, um, yeah, Creep Brad's knocking on the door, which was, I'm so sure, ever an actual saying. Because that girl says it several times. 
she's like i'm so sure when she has to answer the door i'm so sure when it turns out it's it, brad it's a valley girl thing isn't it um, I, I don't know many valley girls all oh, right yeah well there was a there was the great valley girl uh sort of movement in that that era where they were so like young and dumb and they had this weird lingo i'm sure it's probably the same <laughs> today says it's so close together so but it's, i'm so sure you know and it's like gagging on stone you know and all that kind of stuff and they have this like most ridiculous um, I, sp- I suppose it's the if you want a good example whatever yeah, if you want a good example, listen to Frank Zappa's Valley Girl because um, yeah. Moon Unit does a really great impression of a, of a Valley Girl in that. Um, but yeah, she goes, oh, I'm so sure, or I'm so sure, and she just keeps saying it. You're like, fucking hell. You know, and nobody actually clogs, like, clocks that he's a zombie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, even, even Cynthia, who I have a lot of time for, comes out and walks straight past him and grabs him by his zombie hand and sits down with him and, and starts telling him how... You know, she she should have told him she wasn't going to go to this prom or whatever. I love the fact that she's like, it it doesn't mean it's not, you know, it's forever. Yeah. Like, you know, know, she might get back with him. She's going to see how this plays out, but she's keeping that fucking. Yeah. And then up roll Cameron and Chris to to sort of, you know, warn them that that these these zombies are coming. And of course, then, um, you know, Cynthia nearly gets it at the hands of Brad, as it were, who's trying to. You know, he's trying to slipper the the slimy tongue, as it were, and uh, yeah, basically, hey, Chris toasts him, doesn't he? You know, I love of, that. Uh, Ghostbusters action. He's like, yeah, hold yeah. this; it'll make you feel better. She's just yeah. in a state of shock, <laughs> and then he decides to strap the flamethrower on her as all the uh, frat boys are coming. Yeah, Which, and, I did... and then that leads to the the. Uh, I mean, there's a nice callback where they're listening to smoke gets in your eyes in the uh, sorority house again. But yeah. then you get the amazing callback of Cameron looking out of the windows, all the frat boys are coming, and the I got good news and bad news, girls. <laughs> the good news is your date's here. It's like, what's the bad news? They're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then like it's classic like, line delivered it, it is, uh, That was the um, the teaser line, wasn't it? On the yeah. posters and stuff. Yeah. Which is a shame because it really fucking blows that great line. <laughs> Yeah, it was brilliant, and it was delivered so well as well. But then you get the whole crashing through the you know, the windows and the doors. You know, well, no, they, before they, they that, you to... get them um, like, as they're coming. All the girls run out. You're like, "Well, don't go out there." Oh yeah, yeah, I know. But hey, it's Darwinism in it. To be fair, um, and, and then but it's, yeah. it's, it's Miller time. Miller time, and again, this is because there's a couple of these bits where people go, like, "Why is he saying Miller time?" And I'm, I'm back in my mind. I'm thinking, do you know, all I could see when they've got the um, the flamethrowers. I'm thinking Ghostbusters. It's yeah. Ghostbusters, isn't it? You know, that's obviously the 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 kind of angle they're taking with the flamethrower and the, the pack. And of course, it's Miller time is the great, you know, kind of Venkman line, isn't it? You know, yeah. so and I just kind of think it must have come from that. It doesn't mean anything, you know, because people go, "Oh, what was." Why does he say Miller time? It's fucking, why does he say anything? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Why does he say thrill me 500 times in the film? Well, it was it and, was the big, it was like the 80s equivalent of like the Budweiser what's up thing, yeah. wasn't it? For example, it was that, that's what Miller time was. It's why I started drinking Miller when I did drink. Yeah. Purely so I could be like, it's Miller time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then like you say, they all <laughs> smashed through and, um, he tells Karen to lock the door and just slowly saunters over to it. Oh, fucking hell. I know. It's like I, being I, behind a pensioner in the co-op, isn't it? It's like, just fucking move, will you? 
for me, Karen's like the, the third harsh death because she generally didn't deserve it. She was just a studious, quiet girl who like doing the thing, but she did saunter over to that fucking door. Yeah, yeah. And is it she's she the, the only, only one, one of the sorority girls that gets infected right. and dies? Yeah, yeah. She's the only one who gets the slippery, uh, slippery she sort of. The, uh, which I'm not sure what happens. She sort of cowers in a corner, doesn't she, with her face covered, and then so we can get mm. the big. I wonder if it, yeah, because it couldn't have happened when the cat when she picked the cat no, up. No, because that was ages before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's interesting, though, isn't it? I, I imagine she just that. took a peek and you know. Where are you going? It. Well, she was that slow. Okay, <laughs> you now. I mean, so that's get it. a move on, will you? In the meantime, Chris and Cynthia are trapped outside, so they end up trapped in a flimsy shed, which was a pickup shot that he shot afterwards. He did? To add in when he had to redo the ending, which we'll come to that in a bit. I had a brilliant um, couple of bits in it, though. One where they, they get locked. So Cynthia has this great idea to, to hide in this little shed, which then they immediately start... Yeah, hiding in the shed, great it. idea. Yeah, and it's like, great idea, you know. Um and then she gets pulled out the shed by one of the zombies. And this is where one of the, the things people talk about the blues because she shouts Brad, Brad, you know, instead of Chris, Chris, you know. So I didn't notice it, but apparently that happens. And then he offs him with a, a lawnmower in brain Death dead style. Yeah, which, you know, took me back to brain dead, which I, I think was probably after this, to be fair. So I think possibly yeah, brain dead was Peter dead. Jackson nicked that from this. Oh, but yeah, another great scene, Death by Lawnmower. Um, yeah, and then it's, well, we're into the final brains in the basement. Brains in the basement. Cameron's on his suicide mission. He is. Which is I, I'd argue that it's a shame Cameron dies, but at the same time, it's what the dude wanted. He, he completed what he wanted to do and he was yeah. at peace. And he kind of just put off topping himself I love to go out in a blaze of glory, haven't he? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, very clever. Just, just to properly make sure that he doesn't can get anything in his mouth. And then but wouldn't got... you be worried they go in a different hole though? Because you'd think I don't you know. they seem to go from the mouth because one seems to go up JC's trouser leg, doesn't it? That's what makes him fly out of the toilet cubicle. Yeah, but you, it, it, there's that one running towards him though, isn't there? The, it's the one of... that goes in his mouth, but the, the one that goes up his trouser leg doesn't seem to. You know, no. I mean, well, they reckon you know. They reckon your rectum's cleaner than inside your mouth, but germ-wise, but... Mm. Yeah, there was a, th- a thing once about, you know, if you get a cut on your finger, you're better off shoving it up your ass than in your mouth. There's less germs <laughs> up there. <laughs> it's one of those bizarre things that people... Welcome to arse talk. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> it's right? because you've got so many germs in your mouth. Uh... Or you shouldn't put your finger in your mouth if you cut it. So in theory, then, it's it's probably cleaner to carry things up your ass than in your hands. Yeah, Is that what I mean, you're saying? I'm, I'm guessing right. that's why the watch in Pulp Fiction went up there instead of in the mouth. I guess that's where they, they came up with chocolate fingers. To be fair. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> nice. Enough of this anus That's where your four-fingered Kit Kat came from. <laughs> yeah. So you're making me think now the singing anus in, in Pink Flamingos. You make me want to go watch that now. Anyway. But yeah, so... um. The grand finale, Cam- isn't it? starts oh. doing his countdown. Um, very slow countdown. Very slow Fucking countdown. hell. 20. 
Well, he's got to give him enough time to get out. 19. <laughs> for me. No, that, 2019 is quite close. It's 19 to 18 that goes on for fucking Jesus. ages. Even when he counts down to one and then says, Detective, thrill me, there's still a gap. It's like, I'm not, but fucking hell, mate. You know, but there's, there's, well, be careful. There'll be a slug in it. Um, and then there's, there's like this. I do like the festering wall of slugs. In yeah, that and just thing. the way they all start sort of pulsating. You can't and, see, and like, but I'm jiggling my fingers. Ooh. That's kind of how they do it. Yeah, yeah, it is his fingers. And then... um, not as clean as his ass. Might add. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They've been up there. Disinfected. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then you know, as he throws the match down, it, um, they all fly at Detective Cameron. They do. Which, they do. which makes sense of one of the endings, potentially. But you get the uh, lovely delivery from uh, Jason Lively when he says, Detective, thrill me, just before the explosion. Brilliant. It's just a nice little touch. And it, then, is, yeah, it is, it is. They, they watch the sorority house fun. burn, and then you've got your choice of endings. So which, you in your opinion, is the better ending for you? Because on the um... Blu-ray, they've got the... Fred Decker's original intended ending, not the original theatrical one. So the theatrical one is they kiss, then she sees the dog come up, she bends down to like stroke it, and then notices that it's got the gnarly face. Yeah. The creeper comes out of its mouth and the screen goes to black. The Fred Decker original one is like a burned creep um creep Cameron walking towards the cemetery with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He collapses outside the cemetery, the creeps all creep worms all you know zip off into the cemetery and then an alien spaceship spotlights on it yeah and i like the second searches. one i like that which is the original the, the original yeah. one with the uh the spaceship because that that reminds me of that whole bit at the end where his head explodes and they all go into the cemetery as you say um just the trioxin kind of return the living dead kind of yeah thing it left me with that feeling of like where you just go what could happen that could be worse? Oh yeah, it'll it'll rain this this like regenerating zombie making rain on a fucking cemetery, and it just gave me that way. Just think, oh yeah, you know that's that's a good ending. And then the spaceship reappears with the searchlight, looking for them. Um, and apparently that spaceship got reused later on in Deep DS9, Space Nine as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say for Star Trek fans. Yeah, um, but um, I like the second ending. The first ending would have been good, though. I wouldn't have been disappointed by the because that's a classic eighties like we, that's shock what ending. They said, that you know, shock endings were the thing at the time. So yeah, like, they were. You're a uh, Jason popping out of the water at the end of Friday the Thirteenth, or it's a dream kind of thing. Freddie pulling yeah. Nancy's mum through the door at the end of Mount Run Elm Street. That sort the of little thing. alligator in, yeah. in the sewers at the end of Alligator. You know, um, um, but I can also shit. see their point that it. it cheapens everything you'd invested in the ending it, it goes against everything you've just seen that the dog's still alive because in theory everything right. else the thing splits open and that's how the slugs come out whereas with the dog fires him like a nerf gun doesn't he yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. it's like pistol fucking pete isn't he um i can also see that the other ending would get people expecting you know night of the creeps too before they right. used to set up the sequel but i, I yeah. just quite like it because you can read it as either the spotlight gets them and sucks them all back up into the ship and that ends it nicely. Or, yeah. you know, it's all setting the... up Night of the Creeps too. Yeah, all You've the spotlight never actually finds anything, does it? It just keeps no. like going like... Doo, 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 doo. And it's over there. Doo, 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 and then it just fucks off and you're like... Uh, uh. So it's like they're still looking for it. Do you know what I mean? Those yeah. little um, 
cock aliens are still on the hunt for the little slithery experiment. You know, oh, and that's one thing I must gotta say as well about that opening scene. I did love, and I had forgotten how great it was. Is that because they're aliens and they're talking in alien language? You know, <laughs> the double subtitles. George Lucas, take note. There are subtitles in English and also in alien, in a different <laughs> alien language, which is absolutely fucking genius, isn't it? It's worth watching just for that, isn't it? Yeah. That's like, you know, I'm saying that, it might be fucking, like, I don't know. Might be some kind of language we don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> fuck knows. I think but we it's brilliant. <laughs> Do you, though, Stuart? Yes, because really? some twat online would have been like, this film's offensive for this reason. That's true, yeah. Yeah, there's probably some undiscovered tribe in the pygmy, you know, some pygmy tribe somewhere that, that speak that language. And yeah. They'd have a lawyer, wouldn't they, by now? But, um, yeah, it, it it's just so, it's got so many little things in it that are, like, reminiscent of other films that, that I think, I suppose reminiscent of films if you're familiar with the films, but if you're not, they're just, they're just fun things anyway, you know. Um, it's just a great film. It's just... It's a difficult film to summarise, really, isn't it? Because there's a lot of, like, you know, people listen to this might go, and I still don't fucking know what happens. It's like, well, because it works at such a speed, all you've got to know is, you know, slugs escape through an experiment in a spaceship, land in 59, infects a guy, gets frozen, gets unfrozen because there's an override button. Um, What's it? It's, it's and then shit goes off from there. Off. There you go. What more do you want? It's, you know, and it's just so fucking ridiculous. I mean, it, it feels like the various nightmares as they get more ridiculous in the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Yeah, like I say, yeah. um, introducing Detective Cameron in that dream sequence on the beach is straight out of like Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Yeah, with um, what's her face Tuesday Night's character. I can't oh, remember her character's remember. name now. No, um, she was played by Patricia Arquette in the third one, and then became Tuesday Night in the fourth one. Right. Um, but yeah, like her beach dream sequence with the Freddy claw going through the sand. It's very reminiscent of that as you know, Atkins yeah. sees his dead girlfriend coming out of the sea. And then we smash bang into him shooting the axe psycho who's already so in the, his creeper form. And again, it's that thing of there's so many bits that this film takes from to kind of homage in different ways. But there are yeah, so many films after this as well. that homage it you yeah. know, homage this film, you know. I mean, it's kind of like is it James Wan did that that um film that basically is this just a rip of this, even though he denies it. Oh, it's, it's the slay, is it Slither or something? Slither, that was um, but it's oh, what's his name, James Gunn? James Gunn, that was it. Um, and it's basically just a rip of yeah, big chunks of this. So, even though he gets apparently gets very arsy if people say that to him, so like, fucking hell, man, it's fucking there, you know. What I, I mean? think, I think there was a film in 78 that had a similar thing as well. So, I think it is Slugs, just... yeah, yeah, there's, there's so... one another one in the 80s called Slugs, which is by the novel was by Sean Houston, was it? Yeah, I think there's been a few parasitic aliens taking over bodies, yeah. kind of thing. I mean. Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space is quite similar as well. It hasn't got the slugs, but that's basically the same about resurrecting the dead and that sort of thing. I mean, it's there's nothing new in this film. It's just a nice spin on familiar stuff. And like I say, it knows it's ridiculous. If this was made now, it'd be held in the same sort of vein as like Shaun of the Dead. Those sort of 
stupid. Like you say, Slither. I mean, even though Slither didn't do very well either. I think there's mm. something about parasitic bugs getting inside you that creeps people out a bit more, possibly. So, yeah, anything. Well, I mean, it's the classic alien, isn't it? You know, alien yeah. itself is it's just that, isn't it? It's about that incubation of, of something inside it's, you that shouldn't be there. That's the, the, the alien. male fear of pregnancy, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. That's, that's I mean, there's a whole documentary that, about that's it. That's the horror of that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the whole penetration bit. There's the whole, you know, kind of um, something growing inside your bit that, that as a male, you just think, what the holy fuck? You know, that's why you should never upset a woman because fucking hell, they can grow shit inside them. Do you know what I mean? So that ain't that ain't normal. No. Um, you know. And they survive pretty much getting ripped in half to get it out of them as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, tread carefully yeah. out there, kids. Um, but it's just it's just a classic trope and and again it just draws on so many of the fun things and it doesn't take itself seriously it plays it in this kind of whole pantomime way where you've got like you say you've got Cameron who's this completely playing it straight down the middle over the top hard boiled cop in a in, a, in essentially a farce horror film um and and I go back again that you know you've got the the whole journey of the hero's journey of Jason Lively where he goes from being this like fucking wetter than a fish's wet bits kind of <laughs> character who won't even talk to Jill Whitlow to I, being I a gun toting badass at the end. That, that's these, pretty much these... my life journey. I, it was like seeing my life up on the screen. Yeah, well I could imagine with it, but does does uh, you know Mrs M walk around with a, a flamethrower in a in a ball gown at all? Yeah, I mean that's Friday. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, but again, that's what why, a great that's why I can't image. do anything on Fridays. But if you're, but if you were of an age watching that, and you saw a, a you know an attractive young girl, well, young woman, in a sort of ball gown with a flamethrower in a film, and you didn't like that, then I'd strongly suggest that that you probably shouldn't be a member of a video club. It is weirdly sexy, isn't it? It's it's just um, brilliant. Even now, though, in it, it's yeah. pretty, pretty cool. You know, there's just something, it's just something very uh, like Charlie's Angels about it, in it that it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a lot but, like sort of from around the same time, like Buckaroo Banzai and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. This film shouldn't work. This is very much again the kind of film I can imagine the guy in the video <laughs> shop. If you had a video shop that that cool guy working there, like, have you seen this fucking film? This is the film you want to rent. That was my video shop. Yeah, he was a bad one. But a good one at the same time, <laughs> you know. I've told that story before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, it is. But sort of... it, it's just good. It's just good fun, and it's it's one of those films that I think we said this earlier that it's like Monster Squad, right? So if you're going to watch this, you've got to watch it in the right frame of mind. If yeah. you go into this thinking it's going to be fucking Alien or Reanimator you know, or anything like that, yeah, then it's it's not. Um, but it's probably it, close it, to the reanimator. Yeah, isn't it, or be or Hellraiser is probably a better example. Yeah, but if you go into it like Monster Squad, thinking right, you know this is going to be fun. It's just going to be completely off its off its fucking rocker. Um, this obviously scores a bit more than Monster Squad on the on the titty scale, which yeah. is always, always yeah. This is definitely know, aimed at good for the older film. teen. Like I say, it's blatantly aimed at teenage boys in that way that most fifteen and eighteens were primarily aiming themselves yeah. at under kids too young to watch the film. Yeah. But if you're a fan of B movies or you're a fan of like old horror movies and you, you grew up in that era or you're a, you've 
gone back retrospectively and enjoyed those kind of VHS type releases, you're going to love this because it's really just good fun. Yeah. It did remind me of things like, um, like I say, Vamp. It's, it's again that kind of same comedy kind of um, vein of that, and and even Fright Night to a degree, which doesn't yeah. take itself overly seriously, but it's still a great film. And it's that kind of it's it's all of that stuff that that makes a really really good film. I just think Fred Beck is a fucking legend. I mean, it's a shame that he never hit that. He's got more respect for his stuff now. I, I think he was ahead of his time, time, unfortunately. I think, I think like a lot of Lost things the in the 80s, like Timothy Dalton's James Bond, all that sort of stuff, it was not yeah. appreciated at the time, but it, it was yeah. very much ahead of its time. Like I say, now it'd be so fucking... It'd be held up as like Shaun of the Dead if it was yeah. marketed right. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's very similar no, in tone to that. It's like I say, it's a film that knows it's stupid, but plays it like it's deadly yeah. serious. Yeah, and does. that's the strength of it. Like you say, even down to where they got the uh, phone call from J or the voice message from JC. It's like they yeah. played that deadly serious and then knew that it, admittedly, that is like tonally possibly the heart, most troubling bit in it kind of thing to mm. watch just because you mm. love the character so much. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we sort of touched upon it a little bit with the the two alternate endings, but um, I usually like to talk at the end about sequels should there be sequels there is a night of the creeps too but it has got fuck all to do with night of the creeps yeah it's just a film that released itself as night of the creeps 2 there's no connection to the original film isn't even the same story as the original film it's just a film that piggybacked off it by being night of the creeps 2 for whatever mm. fucking reason in that way that like something will come out in turkey or something and yeah just to pluck a country out, i'm not specifically picking on turkey that'll be like fucking Robocop 4 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I've got Robocop in it. It's not got anything with the cast in it. It's just decided that that's how it's going to market itself. <laughs> but um, would you have liked to have seen a sequel to this? Do you think there should be a sequel? No. I, I know Fred Decker said he couldn't do a sequel without Tom Atkins and as yeah. he directed his uh, cut. Again, I think it's very much like. Dead. Yeah. Very much like Monster Squad, where I think. You know, it it is it is of itself, yeah. and it doesn't need. I mean, what are you going to do? It's you know? just going to be repeating yourself, it's, aren't you? It's... Exactly, and it's just going to be. It won't be as fun because it'll be stuff you've seen before. Um, you know, the the great characters that make the first one obviously won't be around, so you you either going to have to replicate them again, which then you've like, seen this one before. No, I don't think it needed a sequel. To be honest with you, I think it's it'll just, be Chris's. It's brother. a great one and done. You yeah, know. you don't need it, and like I say, both endings are open ended <laughs> enough that it either leads to it all happening again, or it, it tidies itself away nicely. Yeah, I mean, the only way you could have done a sequel, I think, that would have worked was you could have had, you know, the, the creeps um, coming back, and then the monster squad coming in and saving the day. <laughs> But but you know I I do think seriously though it just it's one of those films that, that you just think it didn't need like a whole slew of sequels. No, I mean it just I, didn't I, need it. I said before I missed the days of the one and dones. Yeah, just been like we said all we needed to say we've nailed it. Yeah, let's not keep doing dimension. And they never I mean, end sometimes well, sometimes they? sequels work, sometimes they don't. I just particularly with this Sorry. one, I don't really see where you'd go. Like you say, short of the Monster Squad going around Ghostbusters style, just fucking cleaning up the town. Yeah, I just nah. 
Leave it. Exactly. Let it lie, as Vic Reeves would say. Just let it lie. Again, it's one of those films every so often I'm like, don't remake it either. Just don't touch it. <laughs> oh, no. I know. It's, it's one, one of those films that's just on the cusp of being cult enough that nobody's really showing any interest. I know Monster Squad, they looked at a little while ago trying to do a remake mm. of it. Unfortunately, mm. that disappeared and died on its ass. Good. Um, and touch wood has remained so. Um, and yeah, I really hope with this, I mean, this one isn't quite as popular as Monster Squad is. Mm. Um, so it's it's like, you know, skimming that lower level. Plus, like I say, I don't know what you do with it in a remake either. There's no, there's no way you can improve on it. You either play it straight and it completely loses the magic of the film. Or you do the yeah. same again with a I mean, you know, hit the, new cast. Because and... it, it covers the whole span anyway, because it covers from how the creeps get on Earth. Yeah. So if, you, if you'd imagine the film opens in 86 where they find the cryogenic chamber and this guy comes out and then it all kicks off, then you could have done a, a kind of prequel sequel where, you know, it's like, well, how did that happen in the first place? And that, that whole B-movie thing. That's the only way it could have worked. And I, I reckon he'd have probably done a really good job of that. Yeah. If he did on a straight up black and white B movie prequel to this, of, of that whole like origin, that would have worked. But because it's such a mishmash, it doesn't need it. It's just enough. It's just perfectly enough. It's like, yeah. you know, I think it's that, a great, great little package. I think that bit in the 50s lasts perfectly long and as well. I love the whole thing about, you know, the radio announcement for like, is on Route 66? Heading towards me, turns that. the car light on. It's like right under the yeah. sign for Route 66. It's like you couldn't yeah. get any more where he's going to be. No, it's just it's just perfectly done, perfectly pitched, and really so well observed. You know, it is, even it's... the even the acting is just wooden enough to be a fifties B movie. Kind it of is. Film, it's perfect. You know? I mean, I love fifties sci fi movies. I love the good ones and I love mm. the bad ones as well. I love mm. your things from another world, and I love your fucking like, this island Earth. It came from beneath the sea. It came from outer mm. space. Kind of movies that are just pure schlocky, like them with the giant ants. Yeah, I love yeah. all that shit. And again, on a more modern aspect, you know, you, we we recently, not that long ago, actually watched um, rewatched The Fly. Yeah, you know, um, and I've forgotten what a great film that is. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know why the Goldblum one, one such a great film. No, the Goldblum one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love the original, but the Goldblum. Remake. Yeah, again, the original is like pure fifties. Yeah. He's literally you know, a guy the, in a suit with a giant the, bughead, isn't he? Yeah, which is great. <laughs> but the Cronenberg one is just such a good film. But then, then you think, oh, look, the Fly 2s, and you're like, no, no, we'll give that a miss, because I remember that being an absolute pile of steaming dog shit. The only thing I like in The Fly 2, and it's in the trailer anyway, is when she looks at him and says, you're getting worse, and he's like, got half his fucking thing hanging off. He's like, I'm getting better. <laughs> but I've all mean, been you, there. You peaked with the first Fly when he's got his dick and balls in a jar. Because they fall Oh, there you go, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, you know. <laughs> like, where'd you what, go from you there? Want? Well, exactly. You know? At least he kept him in a jar. <laughs> I got that fly box set at the Cronenberg. I thought you were going to say you got that jar then. I got that jar as well. Yeah, that's where I keep mine. Do you, you know, like how old people pop their teeth in? I just pop my dick and balls in a jar when I go to sleep at you night. Keep it up your ass. It's cleaner, probably. From what you no, were I don't fill me. the jar with spit. I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, there's the trailer clip. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant! But yeah, awesome. I, I mean, anything else you want to add on? I think we've pretty much covered it. But anything else you want to add on Night of the Creeps or just what I tend to say with all the films we pick on it? We we'll have to pick a right fucking stinker one day that we both hate. But um, 
if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's it's on Amazon. It's cheap to hire, cheap to buy. You can get a Blu-ray. It's about 11, 12 quid for the Blu-ray, which is well worth yeah. it. Um, but if you've never seen it, just watch it. it you'll really enjoy it. It's a you night, like we said before. It's a, we always do this with the films we pick, I think. You know, it's a perfect Saturday night, couple of drinks, you know, bit of food, having a laugh, in the right mood for a bit of fucking nonsense. Yeah. And it's a great 88 minutes. It is. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a three-hour fucking, you know, um, I've forgotten his name, Chris Nolan yeah. fucking extravaganza that'll bore the tits off you. <laughs> It's an 88-minute, perfect little nugget of, like, gore, boobies, comedy, like, you know, fun. And and if you don't want that on a Saturday night or any other night, then you're fucking dead to me. Do you know what I mean? Do, do you reckon like, the Saturday night on a, on a weird little side note, but do you reckon the Saturday night movie is still a thing? Because it's no. sort of our generation, it was the big it thing. It is with us. Go and get a video from the video shop, but like this generation, or it'd be BBC One or ATV, big Saturday night movie like Commando or fucking yeah. it, one of those Pierce Brosnan films from the early nineties that seem to be made for TV, like Livewire or whatever it was called. Yeah, or... yeah. No, we still do it. We still save a film for a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of the things. You know, it almost feels wrong not watching an eighties movie or a nineties movie on yeah. a Saturday night, doesn't it? Um, and even a new film that we want to see, we'll we'll keep it for like a Saturday night or you know. I mean, I've kept things for Christmas, you know, to watch yeah. over Christmas because fucking let's be honest, Christmas is fucking pile of fucking shite anyway. On the well, TV, you don't want to watch the revival of Blankety Blank on Christmas Day, what's the matter with you? Blankety Blank. Um <laughs> but yeah, but I do think, you know, for some of us, we still hold on to that Saturday night thing. Yeah. I do think part of it is that that you know, that that desire to maybe go back to time when some things were still special and a lot of things aren't special anymore. Like you say, you know, you'd wait to get the Christmas TV guide to see what the big premiere was. And it's like, fuck yeah. me, Star Wars or Raise the Lost Art. You're fucking so excited. It's like to watch it. Prince of Thieves to circle it. Circle Even it. though you'd, you'd possibly seen it in the cinema if you were lucky, but then you still couldn't wait to see it because it was on TV. Yeah. And you could watch it for nothing. And now that's all gone. It's all streaming and it's all... And don't get me wrong. I mean, I remember being... I'll hold my hands up and say... I remember reading an article a few years ago where they would talk about, you know, just the death of scheduled TV. And we're all going to be streaming stuff you'll watch. What you want, when you want. I remember turning to H going, what a load of fucking shit that is. That's not going to happen, is it? That'll never catch on. And now I don't think I've watched any... Apart from the odd sport thing, I don't think I watch anything live. Because why would you... Do you know what I mean? Unless like, I catch it by accident, it tends to not... Oh, and then like it sucks skip you the in. Adverts. Yeah, it, it, I mean, this this always happens with things like Pulp Fiction and yeah. shit like that, where you think, please don't... You know, you're flicking through and it's like, oh, fuck, it got stained. That's because you do the, oh, just get to the bit where you fucking... Yeah. Whatever, and then, and then you like, watch oh, it. Well, I might as well watch a bit more now. This is actually a lot yeah. better than I remember it being. But, um, yeah, th- we don't have that many special things anymore. Because no. everything's kind of immediate. Everything's like accessible and and you know it's like life in general isn't it that's why people well, yeah you've just got to look at the death of the town center i think yeah it might have been last yeah. week with h when i was talking to her that you know gone are the days where you go into town to try and buy a video they didn't fucking yeah. have it you'd have to wait a week while they ordered it in to go back in the next week if you were lucky if not two or three weeks later yeah i can remember copy driving under siege to or whatever three towns and then up in colwyn bay to get to get um nightmare on elm street on video 
because the, the, it was when Smiths were selling it and, and they'd sold out, sold out, and ended up in Colwyn Bay, a little, little Smith in Colwyn Bay. Oh, I remember going to town with my mate that I worked with at Tesco so we could get Titanic from Woolworths at midnight when they fucking released it. Not that he was going to go home and watch it, but he just wanted to have it at midnight. I remember I yeah. did it with Phantom Menace as well when it came out on video. I lived in town yeah, at that yeah. point, so I was like, fuck it, I'm awake. I'm going to go down and get me a copy from Woolworths now, get me a free poster. Yeah. Just yeah, and the now event of it all. Now you just Amazon drop it through your letterbox at some point. Yeah, I think the only thing they queue up for now is um, probably fucking Funkos, in it, and games. You still get games that drop, don't you? And people queue up at midnight to buy yeah, a computer game. It mostly seems to be the latest iPhone is what gets the big queues. Yeah, but you know, hey, I mean, good luck to them if, it's, if it floats your boat. We've all we've all been there. And we've all done it, midnight showings and shit. It's probably the most like you know interaction they have with real people like i said i remember queuing to get for the cinema to get tickets for um phantom menace at midnight that was great being in that queue we had a right fucking yeah. laugh it was me and my then girlfriend people we didn't know and we were just all fucking having a laugh and chatting yeah. about the film and how excited we were for it yeah well i went to all the new the new star wars films and don't nobody fucking write in or emails <laughs> you're complaining because fuck off you know, I love, I love all things Star Wars. Yep. It's like just fucking wind your neck in. And I saw all of them in the midnight showings. Nice. Just because I wanted to. You know what I mean? Because I, I wanted to. And I didn't want some twat spoiling it when I woke up first thing in the morning either. Um, but there's something special about, about that little... Again, it's just trying to hold on to a little something from your childhood that's special. And there isn't much of it around anymore. Um, but when you do find something, you know, you should you should really grasp it and enjoy it and make the most out of it because this shit don't last that long. No. You know, and you've got to have these little things that you can you can look back and just enjoy. So just fucking do it. You know, if you want to queue up at two in the morning for a pair of trainers or whatever, which they do in Manchester as well, I might add, and good on you. You yeah, know, just, fucking just do don't it, fucking poke fun at someone who's doing it to watch a, a film or whatever it might be. You know, that's, uh, that's I've said all. everybody's a fucking fanboy for something, whether you're a football fan, because football fans are like the most ridiculous fucking fanboys when you think about it. Like they got, yeah, the, they got to get the season tickets, they got to do this, they yeah. got to do that. Don't fucking stand face it in that way when there's a match on because you'll jinx it. It's, yeah. it's just all a different kind of fucking nerdhood, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Well, it is. That's the great irony. You know, I remember, I remember, um, like years ago, people, you know, sort of taking the piss out of comics and taking the piss out of wrestling or whatever it might be. And you're like, but you're doing exactly the same thing with like the sport that you follow or with the thing that you like. You know, so whether it's cars or whatever fucking thing floats your boat, it's all you're right. There's all this shade of nerddom through everything. It's just some are more acceptable socially than others, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, look at the shit I just think used to get. I, I was just brought up like I mean, my mum was always very much just let fucking people do it. as long as it yeah. is it hurting you, no, right? Is it hurting, is it hurting someone hurting else? else? No, yeah. no, it doesn't fucking then, then matter. Keep your fucking nose out and let them enjoy it. Then was, was kind of like I'd a say. mantra. And it's like, yeah, it's right. Even now, that's something I, you know. I look at things and I go, what the fuck is the appeal of that? We talked about this Funkos. Slabbing comics. What the fuck is the appeal of that? Slabbing I comics. Do I do not understand it. Funkos, I liked initially, and then that went up fucking nuts. Yeah. The issue I have with slabbing is that that 
that's not what comics are for. No. And secondly, it now means trying to buy fucking like unslabbed versions of comics that you need because you genuinely want to read them because hey, guess what? That's what a comic's for. It means it's completely gone tits up. Um, um, and we, we said before the amount of people on comic collectors groups that are like, right, I've got 20 quid. What can I buy that's good and that's going to be hot that I can get slabbed? It's like, oh, fuck yeah, I know. Off, you wanker. I know. Yeah, it's like they, it? no. for one, if it's a current comic, there's so many fucking copies of it generally that yeah. it ain't even worth getting it slabbed. No, like, oh, fuck, just... they'll be slabbing fucking slabs next. You watch. Well, but, they, um, I think last time we talked about it, they're slabbing fucking videos now. Yeah, yeah, why? I know. Why? What yeah. the fuck? I know, but hey, you know, what I mean? we'll all get slabbed one day, mate. Yeah, that's, that's the way we're going. <laughs> That'd be the way but, it yeah. goes. I'm sorry, if you're Stan listening Lee to this, <laughs> yeah, if you're, you might be. Um, if you listen to this, well, knowing his daughter, allegedly, <laughs> as, as a horrible phrase says, which I quite like to a degree, you do you yep. and fuck everyone else, but don't be a fucking Dick about twat it. with anybody else about what they do. Just leave people alone. Otherwise, Stuart's going to come round with his ultra clean anus <laughs> and, 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 flamethrower. and his flamethrower. The more rains will be flamethrowing the way through. Uh, fucking town near you and you know um, if you feel the need to go online and complain that you know a character's been cast and they're the wrong color oh don't, don't even start in that. The, fucking, the amount of shit that's going on in the world and that's what people are kicking off about i know you know it's like it's just it's fucking like absurd. it's like yeah yeah we're on a clusterfuck to the poor house but did you see the color of the little mermaid <laughs> i know i did like that scientist trying to fucking explain how it makes no sense from biological perspective. Uh, so it's like, fuck just off. fuck off. See, just go and fucking iron your pointy sheet and fuck right off. It's shit like it's that like, that makes it really difficult to be like, just listen to the science when you're talking to these people. Like, yeah, but my friend Sandra's husband's boyfriend's cousin's whatever read this paper on Facebook. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know. Listen to the scientists, and you've got scientists going, oh, I think you'll find that Ariel could not be this colour because there's no sunlight under the same. Anyway, enough of that. It's where we live in, mate. It's where we live in. <laughs> Just... <laughs> like I say, it's a the sh- internet's shit done one. <laughs> the internet's done wonderful things. You and I can talk like this because of the internet. Hey! <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be an hour fucking drive to meet up in a fucking service station somewhere on the motorway. I'll be fucking meeting you in a service station. Not after last time. Oh, look! I'm still not convinced you your fingers were clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, so, have I told you. She's got a real aversion to service stations. She fucking hates them. Like, really doesn't like them. There's something weirdly depressing about them, isn't there? Yeah, she just doesn't like them. It's like when we plan a long journey, she's like, we don't have to stop it's, anywhere. Do we? It's because a Burger like, King costs like twice as fucking much in a fucking service station. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is weird though, isn't it? It's like fucking the Moss Eisley Cantina though, isn't it? No matter which one you go into, you're like, what the fuck is going They're on? They're really here? fucking creepy at night as well. Mm. Really fucking creepy. Um, but anyway, yeah. we digress. Sir. Like I say, digress. internet, wonderful thing, but also a fucking awful thing as well. <laughs> the best much. of things, the worst of things. It's fucking set up instant gratification. <laughs> I want this thing and I want it now. <laughs> Do you though? All I ordered doing... this yesterday at five past twelve. In the uh, evening, don't well, the morning, and it's still not arrived. Lazy fucking postman. <laughs> people don't actually really give a shit about getting it fucking straight away. It's the biggest myth going that people want their stuff the next day. They're never fucking in anyway. So. Or the same day, even. You know, <sighs> I think where you can say, I want it today before 10 o'clock. And you're like, do, do you really need that roll of sellotape before 
10 o'clock. That's it. Argos do that service. If you order for a certain time, it'll be there the same day. It's just like, really? Unless like yeah. your kettle's blown up and you're absolutely fucking desperate. I get, I'll tell you what I do, right? I get pissed off when I've ordered something and I've selected like, you know, because I don't like people delivering on a Sunday and that because I think it's fucking unfair. And I'll go like, right, Monday. And then it fucking turns up on a Sunday. And I'm like, well, I deliberately didn't want it for Sunday because some poor fuckers had to come out and deliver a book I could have quite happily waited for. Yeah. Next week. Well, it's like... And um does it all the time. It does on bank holidays as well now. And you're yeah. like, what the... So now I've stopped ordering stuff <laughs> just in case it gets delivered when I don't, I don't want somebody working because it's like, no, because why should they have to? Yeah, no. You know, I, I always do that. So that it, it's like, it's a bank holiday. I'm not going to order anything that's going to arrive yeah. on there. It's like fucking Monday because I pre-ordered Elvis. Amazon gave him the time off of the funeral, but then once she was in the ground, they were like, get out there fucking delivering. So it came Monday, like five o'clock. It's like, Jesus, just... So they should have fucking can... delivered her. That would have been, miss it. been all over and done before day. 10 o'clock, uh, wouldn't it? You know. Uh, uh, anyway. Tell me something, Spanky. Do you have a high school sweetheart? Maybe. Well, uh, whatever happened to her? I don't know. I blew it. She decided we didn't ever need to talk again and went on with her life, I guess. Why? I had a high school sweetheart. So? What happened to her? I blew it. She decided we didn't ever need to talk again. Me, I, uh, I became a cop. I've been a rookie about two weeks. We got the call. Highway Patrol, they uh, saw a car on the side of the road. They called it in. We responded. It was a couple. Guy's body was in the woods 20 yards from the car. My partner found him. I found the girl. I found her in the car. And on the road. And in the woods. Your high school sweetheart went on with her life. Mine got hacked up by a nutcase with an axe. But that's not the fun part. The fun part's what happened next. What happened next? Guess. The police found him? Close. I found him. It wasn't what you call your routine police work, either. What would you call it? Revenge. You see, I tracked him during my off hours. By yourself? Oh, no, 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 no. I took my 12-gauge with me. I tracked him and I found him. And when I found him, I leveled off that shotgun right at his chest. Spanky, guess what happened next? Should you be telling me this? close i pulled the trigger that's all real exciting and everything but listen i've got a midterm i wrapped study. his body in a plastic bag i buried him in a vacant lot the lot right behind your girlfriend's sorority of course it isn't a vacant lot anymore now the house mother's cottage is sitting right on top of it Look, Detective, now, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but other than just kind of wanting to confess to a murder, is there a point to this story? 
Spanky. That's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. What's going on with you anyway? Let's let's do happy stuff. I mean, I've spoke to H about it on the last episode, but it's worth oh, it yeah. to get out there again. And hey, Ron, because I pre-ordered uh, it online, I got my lovely little picture of Marty as well. Yeah, our best-selling title we've ever done, I have to say. Um, <laughs> which is like not... If anyone listening, we're not talking fucking thousands of units. But we're so chuffed. Because originally... Yeah, tell H, people, H, Just Don't put a number on it. Don't tell them... Yeah, hundreds of thousands of units. Look at, look at this handsome fella. Look at this fucking hell, I'll tell you what. Why is those pages stuck together, Stuart? Sorry. Uh, that's all I, was, right. I was cleaning my fingers. Um, very pleased with Clear Run. I, I'm so glad that I managed to convince H to actually print it and put it out there. Because again, like like me and like most of us, she has a horrible imposter syndrome. And nothing's good enough. And I'm like, no, it really is. Trust I, I didn't me. want to do it when H was on, because obviously I, I don't yeah. know, but this... I love this use of colour. Yeah. I love how that yeah. comes in. That's gorgeous. Do you know what? I've got, um, we've got a, like our surrogate nephews and one of them is about, I think he's about 10 and his mum messaged H saying, oh, you know, thanks for the book because she was saying, you know, it's, it's really lovely. And this kid, had, I know, this I kid it. had said like, I love the way, this is, this is a young kid and he'd read the comic. They love comics. They love our comics as well. And it, He'd said to her, and I love the way that as Marty gets happier, it gets more colourful. Yeah. I'm like, fucking hell, that's a kid who's not only like read it, but has studied it, has really, really looked at it. And not even a lot of adults do that. They just, you know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I said to Paige, it's a great and Anderson book. had put the same thing. I picked it when it arrived, I picked it up to flick through. Mm. I ended up fucking reading it. I've read it a couple of times. I'm going to give it to my youngest to read as well because he mm. loves dogs. And I think he's going to really going to enjoy that. Um, yeah, no, very proud of that. Very but, proud of it. And yeah, no, I think um, H deserves all the credit. I said to H, I and was she's had message, a lot of really good feedback. Yeah, I, I was going to message her with feedback, and I was like, no, I'm speaking to her in a couple of days. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, I'll let everybody she's, else message in, then I can tell her in person. I'm going, but it is a she, fucking great book. I mean, I love what you guys do anyway. But I, and I, we cut loads I, I started out. calling this section. T- yeah, she did. She said you cut loads. Yeah, I'm going to start calling this section the blowing smoke up the guest ass section. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I don't mind because nobody else fucking does it. But um, but <laughs> no, it's a though. very clean place. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I'm I'm not a smoker. <laughs> um, but yeah, she worked hard on it. She shelved it because she didn't think it was good enough. Plus, then we had all the whole everything. Yeah, debacle kicked off. So it's been sat there, and then I, 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 because I was archiving off, because I keep all the kind of masters of all our stuff, and I archive it off onto several external hard drives, yeah. as you do. Been bit with that before, um, and I always kept that on the desktop in the to print folder because I thought I'm going to come back round to this because it's too good not to come out. Yeah, and I, I eventually said to her, like, I want to do something for Brid. I think we should get it out, we should do it, go through it, and she's like, Oh, I don't think it's good enough. And then when she reread it. We made a couple of tweaks to it, and it was fucking gangbusters. It's brilliant. So full-on, great stuff. As far as other things, then, she's now currently working on... um, So Pre-Mortis was the first comic that we ever did, which was a horror comic. Yeah. Um, And we've still got issue two lined up, which we're hoping to get onto in the new year. Yeah, I said to H last week that there was. I saw there was a sneaky little... Yeah, so this is a up. kind of we're taking the pre mortis kind of um 
name and logo, but we're going to set it in a slightly different time. So it's not it's not issue two that that's going to come. But this yeah. is more it's just using that whole kind of, you know, tales of, you know, um, stuff. So she's working on that. And I tell you what, if you think the stuff that she's done in DUI 2 and in, in Clear Runs Good, you want to see this stuff she's doing for this fucking horrible. Jesus Christ. It's fucking like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I keep saying to her, how are you doing that? She's like, oh, just, you know, my fucking hell. You know, it's so good. So good. So we're hoping, all being well, we're hoping to get that. We're going to kickstart that. She's never done a kickstart. So I did GGA one and two on Kickstart and did okay. Um, and we're hoping to get it out before the end of the year on Kickstart and see how awesome. it goes. Um, but that'll be great. You know, I, I really hope there's an audience for that as well. Um, and I'm not being funny, right? And I know I'm going to say this, but you look at what H is turning out and, and doing art-wise, and she should be fucking, she should be getting, like, gigs yeah. with publishers. You know, there's some shit out there. And she's she's absolutely fucking just knocking spots off it with her work. And it's just coming to such a different level now that even I'm thinking of packing in, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, was, that was never that good anyway. But no, she is she's so fucking good, man. She's so far ahead and so good. It's just, I just wish she could get a bit of the credit like she has done for clear run it's just really nice to see people yeah responding to it genuinely responding to it not just kind of being a bit like oh it's really good but genuinely reading it and coming back with some of the stuff that we weren't sure if people would get or not when we were going through it um and yeah i'm just super pleased after a shit 12 months yeah it's fucking great to just have a little bit of positivity you know coming back and yeah, so we got that one. Um, what have I got? I've got a couple of projects on the go at the moment. I'm still toying with GGA 3, which I keep flipping and flopping about what I want to do with it. Um, I don't even know if people are still interested, to be honest, in it, but I might test I the water with it. Uh, Pre-Mortis 2 is on, on, on the burner now. Um, want to get that done get that out probably in the new year and yeah and start doing a few cons so we did BridCon yeah. the other week that was good fun um sat next to pxd and then on table down from from tony so we had a good we had good fun that day we had a yeah. good laugh at nottingham at the end of october yeah this will be, be out before nottingham so yeah looking people forward are going, to that they should go check you out um so i'm gutted i'm missing nottingham yeah I'm, i, I know, love nottingham nice isn't that's it's where my favourite show, met. and I, inc- I include my show in that. Well. Yeah, yeah, going in, going up the steps, carrying the Yeah, because I think you parked a couple of spaces down from us. I think us. we did, I yeah. Wrestling, trying to get some shit out of the boot at the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Nottingham will be fun. And then hopefully... Uh, yeah, because you know, that's his wife. I was like, don't park too close to him. He looks like he's struggling. Yeah, I don't want to help. Dodgy, yeah. <laughs> and then hopefully a few comes next year. But, uh, I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> having me, me gravy on chips. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, and then hopefully, like I say, a few cons next year. But given like finances and stuff, we're just going to do cons we can do in a day. So it's cons yeah. that we can cannonball run a bit. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that you know yeah. things really pick up next year. But the way mm. things are at the moment, I can't blame anybody for being cautious about doing anything. <laughs> like yeah. I say, it's a matter of events that have had to fold because they just can't sell tickets because nobody can commit to buying tickets this far in advance. No. 
you no. kind of just got to suck it up and go with it, haven't you? Unfortunately. Yeah, and you know we were due to do ice, but obviously you know that that got yeah. kind of scuppered because yeah, of no, finances. Shame, but... And and I don't blame Shane for one minute. You know, I thought there was a few, uh, you know, a few shady comments sort of aimed at him. Trouble is, like, there's well, been so many shady cons run that have taken the money and fucking yeah. run that you people are going to be naturally cautious with buying tickets. But it does make it hard for an event organizer that's like. I'm looking at losing thousands and thousands of pounds. Yeah, and that's not fair on anyone. No. Not in the current climate. Nobody can afford to lose it. It's no. like, you know, I mean, you've got to fucking, well, you've got to choose between heating and eating. So that's yeah. an important decision, isn't it? Without throwing money away. It, it's um, unfortunate because cons are important. Yeah, they are. They are. And, and, I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that there should be fucking government funding for. It should come under the arts funding. But, I mean, that's stripped away for fucking everything. Well, the arts don't matter, do they? <laughs> no, unless you're in lockdown and then they so, fucking love everything you're doing and then Yeah. Yeah. Let's not let's not go down that route. Well, I, I said to I'm H trying last... to remain in a good mood, so yeah. I said to H last time it breaks my heart that all these people who win the lottery seem to have such a lack of imagination that they don't set up community things like art. That's why we'd dancing. never win it. I said this no, to That's why I said I'll never win because I'd set myself got... up so I'm comfy, I'd make sure that family are comfy and then with yeah, just do not, good. All, not the rest, but with some of the other stuff, I'd be like, let's set up a little community yeah. art hub. Yeah, it's just free for people to use, a place where they can go, put on exhibitions, all that sort of shit. But never happen, mate. Never well, happen. It's too too well, nice of a gesture. So you know, it'll be some greed for gas to blow it? it in two years. Well, either um, blow it or I'll fucking hoard it in an offshore account and invest in some dodgy deals to build on it and. And don't even start me on those fuckers that say, I'm going to carry on working, though. Like, give the no. money back, then. <laughs> There's that you one couple in there that, that won millions and they still go to work every day. I mean, fair play if you love your job that much, but... No. I'd, I'd potentially work my notice just out of spite. <laughs> just so yeah. I could be like, can you do this today? And I'd be like, I don't think I did. No, no, no. no I'm just going to go I'd, home. I'd be going in dressed like Huggy Bear. Just like, <laughs> like <laughs> fuck this shit. Actually, I enjoy my, my new job. So I, I enjoy my job as well. Um, I, I don't like the way we're being I, treated at the moment. If I was a multimillionaire, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and no, you're quite right. You know, you you guys in the, the postal service, the you know the the other emergency service, as I like to think of it, um, you are being treated appallingly by these fucking I greedy think, twats at the top. So I think everybody right. is. I think we're just lucky we've got a union that can make a noise about it. The amount of companies that won't even let you have a union yeah you've every right though and I, I do hope that um you know you get what what you've actually well you won't get what you deserve but i hope you get a decent settlement out of it because it's just fucking disgraceful <laughs> I've, I've said multiple times i've got no problem with people making shit loads of money off my hard work i just want to be treated fairly for it and paid yeah, fairly for it exactly yeah and i don't think that's unreasonable is it but um, like I say, maybe that... we should clap for you you know Oh, it'll it be nice. I'll, chest, do it. It? I'll do it. I can yeah. pop into Tesco's and pay for me shopping with claps. With your clap. With <laughs> <Is he laughs> my clap high again? energy bill with the clap. <laughs> like I say, yeah. I mean, not not to get political, but everybody's getting fucked over and trickle down economy. Not everybody. <laughs> no, I mean, not everybody. Know. Let's be clear. <clears throat> but you know, but it's it's fine because we're going we for the trickle down economy, which has proven to work. It's worked so well that even Biden's come out and said it's complete and utter bullshit. It is bullshit. Rich so, money. 
it's it's like that joke, isn't it? You know, I've got a joke about the trickle down economy, but ninety nine percent of you wouldn't get it. <laughs> but, and yeah, on that stunning anyway, political salvo that we've delivered there. Yeah, um, take your mind off all that stuff. Go watch Night of the Creeps. <clears throat> Go watch Night of the Creeps. Order clear run, which I've got to put a second order in this weekend because we've Cracking. actually I've... sold out now. Yes. Um, I think I've we've got one issue left. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get that. Come and see us at Nottingham. Um, say hello at 92 table. Um, we've got a cracking deal we're doing at cons as well on all our books, which I'm not going to say because everyone else be doing it. <laughs> but um, we, are, we are doing some good deals. We've got loads of really good original art as well that nobody ever seems to buy, although we did sell a load at Nottingham last year, so I'm hoping... That'll go and again at reasonable prices, but yeah. don't rip people off. You know, I'm just grateful anybody buys anything. Um, but yeah, come by, say hello, and let's talk about films if you want or anything, yeah. really. Um, well, I draw the line at Cliff Richard, don't want to talk about him. Well, I mean, wide for sound, the video to mm. daddy's home is hilarious. Yeah, tough guy and Cliff with his little man stubble and his. And don't talk to me about recent events either, because you might not get the answer that you want. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but apart people, from that, if people want to talk to you about anything else, you're Art92 on all the socials and website and that. And Art92.com, link to the shop on Art92, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the cesspits of social media were all Art92. All the places. Uh, all Look at me, yeah. Yes, oh, omen to that. Know, yeah. Let's quickly omen to that podcast is back. So back, you've, you've up and some, running after you've had some cracking ones so far. Had some good ones, had some good, good, fun mm. ones. Got some great episodes lined up. I just need to pull my finger out and schedule them. I, I do it in a very um gonzo sporadic um sort of thing because I do it for fun. Yeah, just do so, it when you do it. It's like I say, um, I, tr- I try and do these in blocks so that I can get a month yeah. of podcast and then a month off kind of thing, but. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, we'll have upcoming. Uh, we'll have a, a very interesting upcoming episode, which will be looking at the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman. And yes, three zero. I can't believe it's thirty years since I was buying those comics. But there we go. Um, I've got Dennis. I like Wickle Superman. With... I might listen to that one. Yeah, I've got uh, Den from Dennis Whittle from Comic oh, Den coming again. on. Oh. He's good, and I got some other guy. Um, can't remember his name. He's right, fucking gobshite. But say, he's, he's muscled his way on. Yeah, he's he puts his fingers well. in weird places. Postman twat. Everyone calls him. <laughs> I think. Um, but weird. no, your the very own host Stuart Mulray will be also be discussing the death of Superman and how it affected his life. Because um, it, it was a, a really really big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've got that one coming forward. A couple of other strange kind of. Um, Slightly uh, not comics based, but more art based episodes. I'm trying to sort out as well. A couple about podcasters I, I like, um, kind of obscure podcasters that are going to come on. Yeah, got some good, good, good like I said, good the, re- the wrestling up. one you opened with was fucking great. I'm not, I'm like a casual wrestling fan, but I thought it was a great fucking episode. Yeah, was that um, Stephen Bell talking about yeah. Dynamite and Davey? Yeah, that was a great, great one. Um, good guy. Um, Fascinating story, a brilliant book, a genuinely brilliant book. Yeah, wrote. one of the best. Yeah, really fucking interesting as well. 
all, yeah. all the shit I didn't sort of know and like the dramas behind it and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's fascinating to yeah. listen to. So I'm trying to do a bit more of that. I'm trying to go slightly, you know, not not away from comics because, you know, I still love talking to comics creators, but, you know, um, I'm trying to yeah, get, I'm, I still I've... keep trying to get the odd name on that. Well, that I I've, love... got, I've, I've been looking at a few, you know, I had John McRae and, yeah. and I've had Graham Humphreys on with the great artist. Yeah, the Graham Humphreys Brown. on was great. Graham Humphreys also did an awesome fan poster, for, well, not a fan poster, but an awesome Night of the Creeps poster as well. Did he? Yeah. yeah. I, when, I was, when I was looking for the poster for the icon, I was like, that looks like a Graham Humphreys one. I was like, Ooh. yeah. Because he did that yeah. awesome uh, Monster Squad one that you kindly sent me. He did. He did. Um, I must get Graham back on, actually. He's such yeah. a good guy. He is he's, great. He's a great guy. Like I say, his artwork's um, fantastic as well. Oh, he's the fucking, he's the king of British posters and yeah. that's it. Um, but yeah, got, got, got a few. I keep sending out, you know, little hopeful emails to various artists and things but... if you don't ask people you don't know but like i said i well, love that it's go. the the art of but it covers wrestling writing yeah podcasting yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting it's in, and it's fun and i hope you enjoy it so you can check that out all meant to that it's on a cast same as this fine podcast itself um but it's on apple podcast spotify um, all the usual places all the usual including i believe it i think it's samsung podcast which seems to be very popular at the moment according to the figures um but yeah you just search home into that and away you go you'll you'll laugh until you cry or you'll cry <laughs> until you laugh i'm not sure which way around it is it varies from episode to episode or or in the in the case of the that comic smell one you'll <laughs> you'll just laugh starving. yeah that was, like I say, that one was such wonderful fucking chaos. I was pissing myself laughing listening to that. Yeah, yeah. It took it took about a year to corral them together <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, it was good fun. Good yeah. fun. So, yeah, that was awesome. Awesome, Matt. Well, yeah, this was good fun too. So, cheers for doing it. And... You're very welcome. Thank you for having yeah. me on yet again. That's all right. Um, and you'll be back for Christmas for. Uh, I will return. Returns. I will literally return with yes. Batman Returns, which is possibly, dare I say, one of the greatest Christmas movies. And the best made. Batman movie. Spoilers. Well, Spoilers it's... Spoilers that's going to go. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say, ooh, I'm not sure. Yeah, probably, I mean, though. I mean, it's close, yeah. but it is the best. It, so. it probably is technically the best. Um, in my heart, I will always have a place for '89. Yeah, Batman, but it 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 is a superior film to that. Yeah, um, and I can't wait to cover it with you because it's awesome. gonna be it's gonna be a fucking ace. It ain't again. Christmas till I've watched Batman Returns. Although so. that's just on that, you know, it really fucks me off. They've spunked all that money away in a Flash movie, spunked all that money away in a Batwoman movie. Um, why didn't they just spend all that money getting Michael Keaton back to do another Batman film? <laughs> You know what I mean? You could have done Dark Knight Returns properly or something, and it would have just been the fucking best thing ever. Or even just done the Batman Beyond movie they've been threatening to do for yeah. fucking ages. So, you know. I mean, I've, I've got I've got mixed feelings on Michael Keaton as Batman and something that isn't a Tim Burton Batman. It's sort yeah. of, it, it's like the Indiana Jones, yeah. not yeah. in the 30s yeah, or right. 40s. It feels a little and bit like, I'm really excited to see it, but it feels wrong. And as we said, if they'd have, if they touched the hair in his head, It'd be fucking uproar. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we digress. But yeah. But, so listen out for that one. That'll be yeah. good fun as well. Awesome. Cheers for that, man. I'm really enjoying it. Very welcome. T- take care and give my best to H and my. 
Uh, no worries, Spanky. <laughs> get your finger out your arse because you're making it dirty. <laughs> All right, we'll do Bullwinkle the Moose. <laughs> Throw me. <laughs> See ya. Bye bye. Six. thank Damon for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out R92 and the Omen to that podcast. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, Night of the Creeps is available in the UK on Blu-ray from Eureka, which is packed with some great bonus features, or available to stream online at the time of this recording. If you enjoyed this episode and we bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or subscribe over on Acast or wherever you listen to, uh, to the episodes. If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating if you have a second or two to spare. I mean, you don't have to, but just great for you listened at all. If you've missed any and why not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. And if you aren't already, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Or why not join the and why not group over on Facebook? Not only will you be kept up to date of what episodes are coming up and have a chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, uh, just search for Am Why Not Pod on social media or check out the links in the show notes. In the meantime, we'll be right back on the 31st of October, Halloween itself, when I'll be joined by That Comic Smells' Tom Stewart to discuss the 1996 Wes Craven meta-horror classic, Scream. But until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember... Corpses that have been dead for 27 years do not get up and go for a walk by themselves. Bye for now. <laughs> Screaming like badges. <laughs>